Hey you, welcome to Live with Liv, a show where I get real with friends, entrepreneurs, celebs, artists, and just all around cool, down-to-earth humans who do incredible things. This is all a rerun from my Instagram Live, so please excuse any colloquialisms, silly sounds, or verbal mishaps. Listen while cleaning your room, working out, or taking a drive. I can't wait to hear what you think. Hello! Okay, so I just went on a crazy bike ride. My hair is soaking wet. <laughs> we got caught all in the rain, but thank you so much for tuning in to Live with Liv. I'm super excited because we have an incredible guest today. I even have some questions lined up just because it is an honor and a privilege to get to talk to this incredible, incredible Live with Liv guest who's going to start us off for this week. I know my hair is so crazy. I'm so sorry. It was a rush to just get on. So here we go. Basically, um, it is absolutely, I'm, I'm shocked that I even get to have the opportunity to talk to Paul Feig. He is one of the most incredible movie directors in Hollywood. He has directed everyone from the Ghostbusters to Bridesmaids. He was actually, he started his career as Sabrina the Teenage Witch is biology teacher, which is hysterical, Mr. Eugene Poole. And I'm just so excited to get his insight on all things entertainment, how you too can become whoever you want to be. And our all right, here we go. We are going live. So excited. Woo woo. And feel free to ask any questions. Hi. Hi, Paul. How are you? How are you? Great. <laughs> so you were saying, you were, you were talking and telling us about how you deal with criticism from people who, you know, don't either like female leaders in movies or don't like the way you're so accurately portraying the female character. And on behalf of women everywhere, I say thank you. Oh, please, no, thank you. I mean, I, it's 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 so much fun. I have some more fun portraying great women, three-dimensional women on, on camera. That's my favorite thing. I mean, growing up, all my I was I was an only child. I was close with my mom. I grew up next to a family of eight kids. Six of them were girls. They were all my best friends. And then just all through my life, I've just been more comfortable around women. And I find that the comedy of women to be very very fun. It, it's, it's less, it tends to be, and this is an overgeneralization, less kind of aggressive than male comedy sometimes, which gets very insult-driven and lots of punching and hitting. And I, I just, I just have so much fun joking around with all my female friends. Right. And it's, but like, it's so crazy because so few men actually can understand that female humor. So yeah. I guess for all the guys out there who are on, hi, Alex. You know, what advice do you have for them to understand and be more of a, a part of female humor? Well, I, I think you have to be friends with women. You know, I mean, I was, I think, growing up as a kid, since all, so many of my friends were girls, I never had this thing that other guys had about, like, well, there's the girls, and it's us against them. And it was just like they were my friends. So I, I just kind of, it was always very natural to me. Mm -hmm. But I think for any guys who didn't grow up that way, I think it is about like have have female friends. Don't don't look at don't look at you know them as sort of just potential dates or whatever. Like find a group of women that you really just have fun with and go out and just just have a good time and joke around and get to know everybody and and listen to what they're saying. You know, it, it, it seems very simple and yet it's amazing how many guys won't do that because of whatever hangups they have. 
Right. And it's, I think it's also something that we're trying to get rid of is that whole idea that men have to be these manly, aggressive, no emotion yeah. types of people. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's like something that I think is preventing mental health from excelling. I think it's something that great effect. I, I agree. I think it's, you know, and it's, it's, it's all partly on, on how guys are raised. I think a big part of it also is how they see themselves and they see women portrayed in the media. You know, that's one of the things I really wanted to correct because, again, all the movies I had grown up watching, not the old, old movies like in the 30s and 40s, the, those classic films, but like the movies of the 70s and 80s and 90s and into the 2000s, you know, the women's roles were so one-dimensional that I think it... it it gave guys, it played into a 15-year-old's um, interpretation of what a woman is, which is either your mom, who's like a drag, and she's just trying to get you to do something you don't want to do, or it's the girl you're in love with who's unattainable, or, you know, and, and so it was never, you know, it, it was this very immature view of women, and so guys carried that forward. You know, so that's why it was, it, it's always been nice when I, you know, when Bridesmaids came out, guys are like, you know, you know, my girlfriend dragged me to see it, and I actually really had a lot of fun, and I loved it. It's like, yeah, see, you know, I, the term I hate the most in the world is chick flick, because it's this way that guys kind of, like, write off, like, oh, it's women, so clearly it's something I won't care about. It's like, no, it's, a, it's about people that happen to be women that are going through problems similar to yours, so it's a story. I like that, and I've never heard anyone revolted around that term. So it's really interesting that we've had that, as an establishment in our society for so long. Oh, I love a chick flick. Oh, you know. Yeah, yeah, and I think you know, and I think it's fine if you like those. But I just think I think it's a good way to dismiss things for mm -hmm. guys, you know, because it's a very you never heard it going like, oh, it's a chick flick. It's always like, yeah, it's a chick flick, you know. Which again, look, I I like movies with women. I don't consider them chick flicks, but you know, that's. You know, that's just me. <laughs> and it's refreshing, too, because you've worked with, number one, as someone just commented, such powerhouses like Melissa McCarthy, my Rudolph, you know, everyone stands for Melissa. It's, it must be so refreshing for them. But additionally, it's interesting because so many would think that you'd need a female director to flip the script. Right. But clearly, you're proving everyone wrong. Yeah, you, you know what it is? I, I make sure to surround myself with women. So, you know, my producers are generally women. My, you know, the writers, if I didn't write myself, the writer's usually a, a woman, I like Katie Dippold and, you know, the amazing women that I've worked with. Uh, and then my producing partners have always been women. And then the, 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 the actresses in the film, you know, I always, I basically say, like, look, I'm still a guy. I still could pitch a joke that, that is more guy-oriented. But you should tell me, like, go, like, no, we wouldn't say it like that. So then I'm like, oh, cool, how would you say it? And then we come to something that's even funnier because it's true to them and it's authentic for women. You know, but I, I do think it's important to have kind of parody behind the camera because I think men can vet the women and women can vet the men to make sure that both of us aren't doing stereotypes of the other sex. So, you know, in a perfect world, we'd be kind of 50-50 across the board. What, and, and what has led to this moral responsibility that you carry within yourself? Because I know so many directors, understandably, are after, you know, getting a, a big hit or the monetary value that comes with it or the fame. And what is, what is it or is there something that made you think this way? Yeah, I mean, it's a few things. It was, um, 
being friends with so many talented comedians and actresses and then seeing them in movies and, and on TV and seeing them have terrible roles where I'm like, why are they not getting to be funny? Like the guy's going to be funny and they're not being funny. So that upset me. And then I just really relate to female stories more, I think. I, I think it's just I've grown up, I've always been kind of a sensitive guy and had so many female friends. And then all the films I watched were so reductive of women. And it was so much about men's problems that after a while, just like, oh, I'm so tired of hearing about the guy's problems. And, you know, the, the thing that always drove me crazy is in every, like, adventure movie or super, you know, not so much a superhero movie, but, you know, where somebody, a guy's going to save the world. There's always all the scenes of the wife, like, you've got to stay home and with the family and you can't, you know, he's like, so clearly she's a bad guy because he's supposed <laughs> to go and save the world. And she's like, stay home for dinner. You know, so that is that kind of stuff that then guys get in their head of like, yeah, see, women screw everything up. And you're like, guys, this is not reality. Like, stop. Right. It's so funny. And uh, just to think that you've transformed so many people, not just in humor, but mentally and how they may react to their wives or how they may see their girlfriends or whatnot is really... I hope, I hope. I mean, it's, it's you know, we, we, we try. And you hope, yeah. Again, you just have to keep putting that, that imagery out into the world and those stories out into the world, you know, to get to... A, I want to get to a point where guys can look at a poster with a bunch of women on it and not go like, oh, it's a chick flick. Go like, oh, oh, I, oh, they're funny. I like them. Let's go see that movie. Wow. That sentence alone... We're trying. <laughs> and so, you know, we're trying. And speaking of the future, what, are, what should we look forward to? Is there anything you're working on? And I guess what should we keep yeah. our eyes peeled for? Well, yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on. I mean, actually, right now, a show that I'm producing is on NBC called Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, which um, it's streaming. It, they, we're at, like, there eight episodes have aired already, but you can stream it on Hulu and on... YouTube, a bunch of places. Catch up on that, because it's a great show. It's a musical dramedy, but Jane Levy's the lead, and she plays a female coder in, in San Francisco, and, and she can hear other people's thoughts through the songs they're thinking and sees dance numbers. It's an amazing show. So I got that, and then I have another show that I produced called Love Life, starring Anna Kendrick, that's coming out on HBO Max when that premieres in May. It's a new, um, new uh, streaming channel. And that's an amazing show. It's a, it's a, it's a, a ten-episode show where every episode is about a different, uh, you know, like, love in her life. And the whole thing is, like, who she can end up with. But it's so beautifully written. And, and Anna Kendrick is one of my heroes, one of my favorite people I've ever worked with. So that's great. And then we're shooting a pilot for a BBC show uh, called This Country that we're doing an American version of that we were shooting right when this pandemic hit, so we had to stop. But that, and then, then I'm, I got a couple of movies that I'm trying to figure out which one I'm going to do next. So uh, I'm busy. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's incredible. And everyone is writing, and we're all so excited for May, and I will definitely be binging on Zoe tonight. So. Yeah, I think you'll love it. I think you'll love it. And, and if, if anybody wants to – I know it's not Christmas, but my last movie, Last Christmas, is out streaming now. So it's a very sweet movie, and it doesn't have to be Christmas, but if you want to watch it, go ahead. It's quarantine. It's the same thing. Exactly. Right. Right. <laughs> you can use any cheer we can get. Yes, absolutely. And so I guess just to leave everyone off, because I thank you so much for staying on and dealing with all the technical difficulties. I, I my pleasure. Uplifted. What advice would you have for someone either looking to get into acting or directing? Like, what kept you going, and, and what would you say? 
Well, I mean, what kept me going is just I didn't want to do anything other than that, so I couldn't be deterred, even with all the negativity. You know, I went through some really lean years, as we all do in this business. But the great thing going on now, which I did not have coming up, is the internet. And the fact that, you know, you've got your show, which is amazing, and it's reaching people, you have an audience, you know, and is, if people want to direct, like with your, you know, the iPhone, you can shoot, when I, in 1997, I funded out of pocket for $30,000 a movie that I shot at 16 millimeter in a field. It looked terrible. I could shoot that now for free on my iPhone. It would look spectacular. Edit it on my laptop because all laptop has like, you know, some kind of an editing, you know, program on it and you can put it on the internet. So my advice to everybody now is you've got no excuse to not be making things. What you need to do is make things because you have to find your voice. And it's going to take a few tries and you might screw, screw up and you might do something that's not great, but that's okay. You learn from that and then you keep doing it. And again, if you're driven to do it, you can't be stopped and you'll keep doing it. And if you're, if you can be stopped, then maybe you shouldn't do it. You know what I mean? You have to have this laser focus because you're going to go through a lot of rejection, but then the rewards are so wonderful that it makes it all worthwhile. I love that. Incredible. And thank you so much for being on. Um, anything you ever need, please let me know. I will. And I really, we all so enjoyed this. And thank you for just giving females a voice. Um, you know, I'm 23 years old and I've grown up in this world and seen so many misogynistic comments and, and even just being a girl or being a female. It's like automatically there are things that just happen and for so long people have been quiet about it and you know have said that's the way it goes you got to look this way you got to look that way but you make it known. oh thanks you don't have to accept that you're doing great i'm so glad you reached out to me and you're, you're yeah you're 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 an example of what what can be done and what you can do and i, I just think you're the greatest Lynn. so thank you so much for having me on and thanks to your audience i love you guys Thank you. Bye, Talk Paul. Talk to you Bye-bye. Last night. You too. Cheers. Cheers. I'll see you on Zoe. You got it. All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. He is so incredible. And I'm just psyched. I could, like, jump around and yell and scream. <laughs> because that was amazing. And I just think that we need to be highlighting people who are doing things differently, seeing things differently. And he's so authentic, so real. So stick to your vision, just like Paul did. And you will inspire greatness and touch lives. I definitely feel as though ever since I've, his Ghostbusters and, and Bridesmaids came out, I've really held on to my fierce, confident self. And I didn't ever see that self being portrayed anywhere else. So we have him to thank. And you're all incredible. Thank you so much for tuning in. And stay tuned for the rest of Live with Liv this week. It should be really exciting. Mwah. Bye. Have a great night. Thanks for tuning in to Live with Live. Remember to be kind, be you, and take risks. Life is better when you just go for it. See you next time. Liv Schreiber.